Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard. You're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Christina L. McCracken Newsel. Christina L. McCracken Newsel is a native Texan born and raised in Dallas. Christina graduated from the University of Texas at Austin with a BBA in International Business and Finance and received her Doctorate of Jurisprudence cum laude from St. Mary's University School of Law in 1991. Christina is a proactive problem solver solution finder. She views the attorney-client relationship as a strategic partnership based on transparency and forthright communication. She has created longstanding relationships with her clients and is proud of the fact that a majority of her clients come through client referrals. Christina handled an array of litigated civil lawsuits in her early years of practice. From this experience, she became an advocate for seeking an early diagnosis of the legal issues so she could offer value-driven solutions to her clients. Today, Christina continues to use her proactive approach to legal disputes. In 1994, the Lord summoned Christina, a, a practicing lawyer, to explain why God's counsel of restoration had not manifested in his people and in the nations on earth. During a personal encounter with the Lord, God revealed webs covering the earth formed through individuals speaking lies about God and his laws. These webs, web areas, metaphor for barriers between heaven and earth, preventing the counsel of the Lord from entering the lives of his people. Welcome to the podcast, Christina. Thank you, Kimberly. I was listening to that and I was thinking, I think she took that off my website. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> I just kind of pieced now, it together. <laughs> you know what? Now I'm going, I think I need to change some of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but no, it's, it's all, it's all accurate. But you know, when someone else is reading it, you're thinking, Hmm, maybe I could have said it this way. Uh-huh. Well, you have that chance after this. So, <laughs> but thank you so much for being on. And I'm really excited to hear about um, what you're doing and um, you know, that the, the experience you you had um you know with god so why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you you know who you are how you started out and how you got to be doing what you're doing now sure kimberly i am a native texan and and if you're live in texas a lot of people are not native so i always say i'm a native texan because i was actually born here i came from a very big family there were seven of us kids i was number six of seven and my father was a lawyer and uh, I think I grew up kind of as a peacemaker and an advocate. And uh, I went to the University of Texas at Austin. I, I loved to travel. So I took international business and finance, but I was young. I actually started school when I was five years old. I was in private first grade at five. So when I graduated from UT, I was, uh, I was 20 years old. And uh, I remember calling my mother and saying, mom, I'm so young. I'm interviewing with these old pe older people for <laughs> really real jobs. I said, I just think I need to go back to school. And she goes, you know, why don't you go to law school? Well, I took the exams and, and Kimberly, when I got into law school, I, I really excelled. I mean, I, I would book classes, which means make the highest grade in the class. I would just, I really, that is like God put what was life in my hands. And I really wasn't looking for it directly. Uh, but I graduated, uh, came back and worked for my father. He was a lawyer. He was a litigator and enjoyed working for him. Uh, he passed away about seven years into um, me practicing with him. And I continued to practice uh, law at different firms, uh, national firms uh, in Texas. And 
then went out on my own. I've been on my own for the last five years. I say on my own, a small boutique uh, practice uh, mm-hmm. with a few uh, other partners. Uh, but I've enjoyed the practice of law and, and uh, I absolutely believe it's my calling. My calling is an advocate, but it's really interesting, Kimberly, because you read, I love how you read both the, the actual uh, law portion of my CV, but then the spiritual portion of my CV, because mm-hmm. they both intersected and I wasn't sure how they would intersect. But um, Kimberly, about I, I was on a mission trip about back in 19, I think it was 90, and I was in Africa, and I wanted to be a missionary. I really, I wanted to be a missionary, and, and I was on this mission trip, and I didn't want to come home. I didn't want to come back to the U.S. I remember I was in a ba- the bathroom of my hotel, and I was on the floor. And I said, God, I don't want to go home. I want to stay here. I want to stay, help, help the people. This is what I was meant to do. And I remember so clearly hearing the Lord speak to me and say, no, you're going to go home, and you're going to practice law. And I said, but I don't want to practice law. He said, you're going to go practice law. And so we just had this battle, and of course, you know, God wins. And I came back and I, I, I started practicing law. And, um, and so then the Lord just began taking my life also in the spiritual realm and in, in the natural legal realm. So that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years. I've been uh, 20, 29 years now practicing uh, law. But Kimberly in 1994 is when I had an encounter with the Lord. And that's when he kind of merged the practice of law with actually the, the spiritual part of the law, which was, you know, advocating in a spiritual way in what I call the courtroom of God, where, where, where our cases are heard or where our lives are, are pled. And uh, in 1994, um, I had a, a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. He actually uh, took me out of, out of my body. It's called, it's really, I, I was fasting and praying and he had, uh, the spirit of God came into my bedroom one night. I, I was single and uh, it came into my bedroom and, and I couldn't move, couldn't move my arms, my hands or anything. It was just, I was captured by uh, the presence and the power of a holy God and uh, lightning. Interesting. That's the only way I can explain it. Lightning hit my chest, went down my, my body three times. And on the third time I was transported out of my body and I was standing in front of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and there were clouds all around us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I started talking and I was talking to the Lord because I had many things, Kimberly, on my heart regarding friends and family. And so I started asking the Lord questions about them and he answered every one of my questions. And when I got quiet and still, then he, he turned to me and he looked at me and he, he opened his arms. I remember his arms just kind of open like this. And I looked below his arms, Kimberly, and I saw the earth the earth below and it was covered in two white webs webs like spider webs and they were each touching each other and I remember being very puzzled at what I saw but the Lord looked at me in my eyes and he said I'm calling you I'm calling you I'm calling you and immediately I was back in my room in my bed and at the time I the that I had the trans you know encounter with the Lord it's three o'clock but when I came back in my body it was around 345 so I so it, you know, it was a period of time. So I searched the scriptures after that. I, I was a biblical teacher. I, I taught 
you know, the Bible. And, and so I started searching the scriptures because God never does anything outside of his scriptures, right? Kimberly, every, you know, he's got it. His word is eternal. And so I started to search the scriptures for what he was calling me to do. And I love the prophets. I love the old Testament and uh, the prophet Isaiah. I was searching because I love to fast Kimberly. And I know you've probably fasted and people in your audience fast, but I was just a person that, that was determined to, to get hold of God for various things in my life. So I would use fasting as a spiritual mechanism to connect on a deeper level with the Lord. And so um, there's a chapter in, in the prophet Isaiah, the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, and it talks about fasting. It's Isaiah chapter 58. And I had studied that, but I had never seen chapter 59. And so when I started reading Kimberly chapter 59 in the, in the Old Testament, Isaiah, it, it opened up and it, and that actually was what I saw. And so the Isaiah 59 is the prophet Isaiah. He's speaking to religious and government leaders specifically, and the nation of Israel has come to him and they've wondered why haven't they seen restoration in their lives? They haven't seen the temple rebuilt. They haven't seen the land. They haven't seen, you know, the presence of God come back to the land. So they're caught, they're saying, wait, we heard all this prophecy that we were going to have a restored, uh, you know, Jerusalem restored temple, but we haven't seen it. And so the prophet is answering the people's question of why they have not seen restoration in their lives. And so uh, Isaiah is saying to the people, he, he actually, may I, may I share with you what, what, he, what yes. it said, and then I'll connect the two. Uh, the scripture says, it says, God's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it can't hear it says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you. And it says, no one calls for justice, nor does anyone plead for truth, but they trust in empty words. And it says they weave a spider's web and out of it, a viper breaks out and it goes on. But what Isaiah is doing is he's, he's given a metaphor of a spider's web as a barrier between heaven and earth. And so God is saying that your words, your rebellion to me, your, your, your words that you're speaking that are not from me are creating this barrier, this web. And it's a barrier between heaven, God and earth, us. And that barrier prevents the counsel of God from coming in. It prevents God's justice right? We all want justice. It prevents equity. We want our scales to balance, right? We don't want to have be cheated, right? It prevents his righteousness. It prevents our land from being fruitful. It just prevents everything that's good that comes from heaven. And so all of a sudden, when the Lord opened that scripture, I realized that is what God had called me to do as an advocate. He's called me to come and remove these barriers between heaven and earth, Kimberly, so that God's presence and his glory and his power and his goodness and his love can enter into our lives. So as a lawyer, that's what I do as well. So I spiritually advocate and I naturally advocate. And so God merged the two together and I never thought that would be possible. Wow. So um, after you had that experience and you found that in Isaiah, um, the next day had to be a totally different day than any other day in your life. So well, 
Well, Kimberly, it's really interesting. So let me give you a little background because this is interesting. So when God grabbed my life after law school, he did. It was after law school, I came back and I was working with my father and, and the Lord captured my heart. And when he did, Kimberly, I began to spiritual gifts started happening in my life, gifts of the spirit, which would mean I could see spiritual, th spiritually things. I could, um, when someone would be talking to me about a legal matter or a personal matter, I'd be at church or I'd be at my office, wherever I was, I could see things spiritually over their lives or the problem. And that would give me the counsel to be able to counsel them of a, a, a solution, right? And so because advocacy is very similar to praying, right? Mm -hmm. So I would pray for people and Kimberly, the prayers would be answered because I could see what to pray and I know what to pray and I'd see breakthrough. Well, I automatically, before any of this had happened, I would, I would see stuff over them like webs. I really did before mm -hmm. I had the encounter. And I would just take my hand, Kimberly. And when I'd be praying, you know, I'd put my head down, I'd pray. And I'd just go like this. And I'd just like uh -huh. pull it off. And all of a sudden, when we'd finished praying, they'd say, wow, I'm free. Something just happened. Mm -hmm. But it was just very common to me. You know, it's very as natural as you and I talking that I just bow my head to pray and I'd pray for the person because, you know, they'd ask for prayer and I would see something. I'd just grab it and I'd just pull it off and throw it away. So when God, uh, when I had the encounter with the Lord and he showed me the webs, I, I didn't yet piece it together. But when I saw the scripture in Isaiah about the webs and the lies, then things started to, it's like the light went on and said, oh, now I understand. And now I understand what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All I knew as I was getting effect and I, it was mm -hmm. happening, but now I understand or understood what I was doing. Right. So you were naturally already doing it. You just didn't know it. That's correct. Yes. So, naturally doing it. Yes. So now yes. you're doing it. And, and then, um, and then you eventually even wrote a book. You want to talk about that? I did. So Kimberly, the Lord, you know, I had gone on various trips and, and, and I'd see the effect of what God was doing and his love for people and removing, you know, removing these barriers really in their lives and on a larger scale. So he said, he asked me to put the book in writing. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to write a book on this so that people can understand one, the problem and the solution. You know, as a lawyer, people come to me and they come with the problem. And mm -hmm. so I need to be, have the solution for them, the, a legal solution for them, a counselor for them. And so you know, I really think, I, I honestly have to tell you, Kimber, I thought it was so cool of the Lord to now that I look back to call me to be a lawyer because I am pro a proactive person. I, I want, I see the problem and I want the solution. I bet you're, I know you're the same way, mm -hmm. right? And I know many of your listeners are the same way. You, you want to be a problem solver. And uh, that's what probably gives you the most joy, right? Mm -hmm. It gives us all the most joy to see our pro that problem solved and you see the fruit of it, and how good it is when we do it, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, it does. It just, it, it just thrills you. In fact, you live for that. And so, in fact, I remember my husband, when we met, he goes, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want you to be solving my problems, you know, and uh -huh. that's, that's, you know, because what happens is, is the a pro, a problem solver, like many of us are, we, we just innately and instinctively kind of do that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, no, we have a great relationship. 
anyway, but, um, I'm sorry. I've, now I've forgotten the question. <laughs> oh, that, that's, you, you answered the question. So let me ask you this. So you, you got married later on in life. So how did you meet your husband and how did this all come about? And how, after being, you know, pretty independent, you found yourself in this uh, partner commitment. Yes. So I did. I remained single. I didn't date. I didn't. I, I really made a commitment not to, I was going to wait till the Lord brought the person. If he ever did, I was content single. I was, I had a very full life in, in law and in doing ministry and my plate was full. My joy was full. My life was full. I really, there was never, there wasn't a thought about a marriage. I have to be honest with you. There wasn't, I was very content and very full. And I, even as a child, Kimberly, I, I, I always thought if I'm married, I'll marry someone that already has children. Cause I didn't think I would, I, I just didn't really want children. I love children, but not for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I was, I married later in life. I've been married five years and, uh, met my husband at a, um, actually a shareholder meeting believe mm -hmm. it or not, we were both shareholders in a particular company. And uh, there was a meeting and we met at that meeting. It, he saw me, I was uh, sitting alone, of course, didn't have a ring on. And uh, he just, he just ran up to me, introduced himself, uh, gave me his business card. And of course, because I, I live born and raised here in Dallas. And he, he said he was looking for a church home. And uh, he had recently got here, gotten here to Dallas. And so I just uh, felt of the Lord to send him an email back and tell him various churches. And if he wanted to join me, he could. Well, mm -hmm. he said, I wanted to join me at church. Mm -hmm. So we met at church and, and actually what happened, we went to lunch afterwards and, and that was it. Mm -hmm. That was it. That was and, it. And it you, you both knew. Well, I'll tell you, the Lord spoke to me and said, that's, that's the husband I have for you. And I honestly, Kimberly, I knew I had a choice at that moment. I had a choice and I knew, I knew instinctively in me, Kimberly, that the choice would never come again. And either choice I made, God's favor and blessing would be on, but I was given a choice, a marriage, and this is the one or single either way you will still God's pleasure and favor would be on it, but this would be the only choice, only time it would come. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, you know, what are you going to do then? I, well, I'm going to take it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. No, but we have a beautiful relationship. It's, it's, it's really, it's beautiful. It's, it's such a joy. It's such a treasure in my life. And I love my husband so much. Wow. And so how did that work when you were actually got married in the same household after being on your own your whole life, pretty much. You know what? I will tell you in, in fairness with seven, you know, I grew up, there were seven of us. So I, you know, we had a household where everybody shared, you know, I have three sisters and three brothers. And so I'm used to boys and I'm used to sisters and sharing. And so in, in fairness, in fairness, it really wasn't that hard. And also being more mature, right? And uh, uh, I'm flexible. You know, when you get, I think it's maturity. When you get older, you, because you love, you choose to be flexible. And I mm -hmm. wanted him to be so satisfied in everything in, in our home. And, and, and so I wanted to adjust anything in my life. 
uh, that I could adjust. I did. And he was so gracious. So he felt the same way. So when both mm -hmm. parties want to adjust, it, it just works. It just works. And I have this thing, Kimberly, maybe your audience may have it, but it has so worked for us that I say that whoever has, because we're both really strong personalities. Mm -hmm. I said, whoever has the stronger opinion on the matter, right? On the matter, on the decision wins. <laughs> okay. Now if our, yeah. And it's, it's, it really works. And I said, whoever, if we get to a, you know, gridlock, we, we, we table it, we walk away. Cause I've heard his and he's heard mine. We walk away and enable and it, it always, we come back and we we're able to, to figure out what to do. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Wonderful. That is really beautiful. I, you could probably help couples with relationships in that area. You know what? I'll tell you, it's a, it's a really interesting thing when you love, when you love more than the issue, that's, that's a, that's mm. it. There's going to be an issue, but when you, if it's not a moral issue, you know, a moral, uh, some, some, some issue that you just can't change, but if it's, when you love the person, you're willing to lay down the issue to work toward the love agreement and, and, and seeing things through the other person's eyes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So can I give you an example? Yes. Yes. Cause I think this actually may help. So when we first were, were um, married, so I'm, I'm a giver. That's one of my gifts. I love to give. Right. Mm -hmm. And I lived in an area town when I was single, uh, I lived where there were a lot of homeless people. And so I have done prison ministry and I've done a lot of, um, uh, justice ministries. And mm -hmm. so when I would go to the grocery store or around in town, I would, there were homeless people around me. Now he didn't, he did was never around that. Uh, but he always gave to organizations that would help that particular uh, situation or that particular issue. Mm -hmm. So one time we were together and a, a homeless gentleman walked up and looked at me and asked for money. So it's very, I'm, I, I'm used to discerning the issue, but I'm always generally going to meet the need. Uh -huh. Well, Ron doesn't do things that way. He'll, he does it on a different, in a different way. And it really bothers him when I would do it that way. And so mm -hmm. we went to lunch afterwards and we talked about it. And I was, because it's my core gift, uh -huh. Kimberly, it was kind of inside me. I was kind of going, rrr, 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 uh -huh. you know, <laughs> he's not going to yes. let me give, you know, this is really core to me. Right. Uh -huh. And I just remember the Holy spirit just calming me down and saying, is your love for him greater than this issue within you? In other words, your desire to give is your love for your husband and his seeing it through his eyes greater than your need to have to give this way. And I realized my love for him had to be greater and I laid it down and I laid down me having to do it. And I began doing it his way and giving through organizations and things like that. And what happened over time is grace came in these issues with us. Grace met both of us and he started mm -hmm. to become more flexible and see things through my lenses. Mm -hmm. And, and so we both ended up meeting right in the middle when I deferred to love. Then over time, he started deferring to me and now it just, we just dance in it. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That is, I love that defer to love. 
Yes. You can use that in any situation with anyone. Anyone, anyone, you really can defer to love. And you know what? That's biblical. That's godly. And it, and it works every time, you know, it says love is, is greater than all. It says you have faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And, and so it really, it really is. And it says, the Bible says love never fails. And that word fail means it never falls to the ground. Now that's pretty amazing that mm-hmm. love, it, even if it gets trampled on, it's still, it can't just stay on the ground. It can't mm-hmm. fall because it's, it's an active, it's, it's active and it's alive and it doesn't fail. So yeah. Yeah. I, so these are some lessons I've learned, but I, I like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the way you put it. It's, it's great. And it's very usable. So thank you. Yes. Amen. Um, I wanted to ask you about your prison, prison ministry. So for, so I really wanted to serve Kimberly and, um, I wanted to serve in a different capacity. I was serving, uh, through pro bono efforts with the law association. I was serving it through my church and community, but I really knew there was more. And so the church I went to had a bulletin and on the bulletin, it said, um, one Saturday they were going to meet a group of people and go to the prison. And I thought that's that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I went, and when I went down there, we, we, they would put you in classes and you would talk to the women and encourage them and build them up. And mm-hmm. if they wanted prayer, pray for them, you know, really it was to, to, to build up, uh, our sisters, you know, that are behind bars. Mm-hmm. And so I met a young lady there and she was a chaplain at, at the prison in the town, uh, where we went and she pulled me aside and she said, the Lord told her, said, go, go see that lady and go have that lady pray for you. And so it meant me. And so she was, she had a non, she didn't have her nonprofit status yet with the IRS, but she had mm-hmm. applied and it's been, it had been like two years. Oh, and so she came to me and she said, you know, the whole, the Lord said for you, I don't know who you are, but he pointed you out and said that you would, you could pray for me. I have, I have a nonprofit. I haven't gotten status and so I'd be, I said, I'd be happy to. And so I prayed, you know, that her, her matter would go through. Well, she calls me 10 days later and she said, you won't believe this. I just got my IRS status after two years. She said, would you please come down to the prison and would you come in through my ministry? And so that was 17 years ago, Kimberly. Wow. 17, <laughs> 17 years, years. Can you believe that? <laughs> 17 years ago. So I would go down and, and I would drive, it'd be about two and a half hours from Dallas. And I would do a, a service, meet with the women about between hundred and 150 women on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And then we got invited to go to the men's prison. And these are young men, 18 to 35 and got invited to go in there. And so we would drive on Saturday and go see them and uh, encourage and, and build up uh, and edify. Yes. And I'll tell you what, if you ever, anybody in your audience ever gets to go, it is, it is a worthy endeavor. Uh, they long to see uh, people come and encourage them, uh, you know, with your life, with your profession, with what you're doing and, and just directing them on a straight, on a straight road. They're mm-hmm. so grateful. Uh, what are some of the um, things that you've experienced as far as um, when you come and you're sharing what are some of the people actually saying or sharing with you that they got out of the ministry? Oh, Kimberly, so many. So 
uh, when I was going, I was going once a month and the ladies would make sure they were in, you know, there on the service when I was speaking. And, um, you know, I, it could be cause I'm a lawyer and they were put in by, you know, the law it, it kind of captivates them. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, whenever I could open, when I open the word of God, the word of God is life-giving, right? There's no, it's not condemning, it's life-giving. And so uh, when I'd open the word to them, it would edify, it would build them up and encourage them. And, and you know, the word gives life. And so mm-hmm. I would release a life-giving word to, to them. And it would cause them hunger for more. Of course, it was a church service, you know, in prison there, you, you have all different religions are allowed in prison, right? And they have groups and they have not a night for each particular group. And so I being a Christian, I would be there on a Friday night and that's when, so they would have a service. And so it was a Christian service, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I would open the word with them and uh, a scripture or, or something that the Lord gave me to build them up and to edify them and let them know that God loves them. And uh, what I found, um, Kimberly, is it's, it was really interesting. I had never seen this before, but I had had many ladies come up to me and they say, Christina, they said, um, you know, I knew the first, and they'd been, some of them had been in there four and five times. And I said, and I would say, how is it that you would be in here? They'd say, you know, I knew when I got out the first time I'd be back. And I knew when I got out the second time that I'd be back. And I knew, and I I was like, that is amazing. But I love to hear it when they'd say, I know that this time I will not be back. Mm. Just think, just knew it. It was was done. They were, they were finished with whatever it was that was going on. They were done and they knew they wouldn't be back. And I loved hearing that. Oh yeah. And, and also if you just apply it generally, just to know that, okay, it's done. I'm, I'm good. I'm done with whatever it is that's not serving you. Okay. I'm finally done with it. And now I'm moving on. Yes, exactly. You know what? That's the empowerment. I know you teach a lot and talk about empowering. It's when you know you're done with that, with that, mm, the negative or toxic situation in your life. And I'll tell you, it's a blessing of God to get to the place where, you know, I'm finished with it. I'm over with it. I'm done with it. And because what's holding you back, uh, that, you know, that would be what's holding you back so that you can propel yourself forward. And so I always think of Lord, get rid of the, whatever it is, get rid of it quickly so that I can move forward and I can move into the calling, the purposes and plans and the fullness of each day that he mm-hmm. has for us. Right. Cause our days are short and they're numbered. Yeah. So we want to make the fullness and the best and the most of each day that we have uh, our breath and our opportunity. Yes, we do. And now you have a Bible study that start, well, it's a study of your book, but your book, I've been reading it and it is full of scripture. So it's like a Bible study that you started on Tuesday nights. Um, Why don't you talk about that? So I, I, now I remember the question that you'd asked that I wasn't sure about. It was the book. So I wrote the book and actually back in uh, 2014, released it. But Mm -hmm. I remember after putting it together, several individuals said, and they'd said that they'd heard from the Lord that it would, would not be made fully public for five years. 
And I thought that was interesting that the Lord would ask me to write a book, but it wouldn't be fully public for five years. So I wrote the book and I used it in prison. I used it whenever I'd go, but I didn't publicize or per se promote it until Mm -hmm. this year. And I edited it and and, uh, tightened it up some, but this year is when it was released. But I also released another book this year, Kimberly, which was really that I, that I love talking about. And it's, it's actually about the Bema the Bema, that's the Greek word for the judgment seat of Christ. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, even Christians, it was like, what's a Bema? Mm -hmm. What's a Bema? What's a judgment? I didn't know what it was. (laughs) Yeah. And it's amazing because as a lawyer, I just love that the Lord had asked me about a year and a half ago. And the Lord said, I want you to write a book on the judgment seat of Christ. And, and so if you're a Christian, generally, you know, that the judgment seat is where you as a Christian go, uh, uh, when we're, we're all, uh, you know, together in heaven. And it's, it's actually a place of reward. It's a place of where you're rewarded for your life efforts. Right. And, and, and so God looks, uh, Christ, uh, stands there and he, and he looks at your life and it's like, um, uh, you, the, the good, the bad, the profitable, the unprofitable, what is no good is thrown away, but what is good you're rewarded on. And I mean, good, meaning, uh, profitable. The Bible talks about it. It says, it says, uh, there's, there is gold, silver, and precious stones, and then there's wood, hay, and straw. And that's the sim- symbolism of living a life that's fleshly and carnal which which will burn up and is unprofitable or living a life unto the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, which is the gold, silver, and precious stones. And that is the spirit life that will be rewarded uh, in heaven. And so people, a lot of times don't talk about rewards. They always think about, you know, dying or dying, but not that our life is rewarded. Mm -hmm. And so when I start digging into the scriptures, there's, there's a plethora, so much information about rewards and uh, how God rewards. And, And it's so encouraging, Kimberly, it's so empowering. You'd think, well, really? I mean, what are you doing? Serving God for rewards? Well, it doesn't work that way. You serve God out of love, but it's mm-hmm. so great to see that. Yeah, there's a reward just like on earth. You know, you do good for your employer, you get a raise, right. Or a promotion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it just, it's really what it is. It's, it's empowering. It's encouraging. Um, it is, it's stirring. It stirs up faith a lot. Mm-hmm. So I really loved writing that book. And so I wrote that and it came out this year both of them are available on Amazon, but I've had really great reviews, meaning in, in people that I, feedback from others uh, of things, you know, I hadn't considered that Christina mm-hmm. and that just has really opened my eyes and encouraged me to live, you know, today for that day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That actually put a question in my mind that's uh, on a similar level but little different you know sometimes we live life out of fear to avoid things so i know there are people who they're thinking okay i want it when i die i want to get to heaven but they're doing everything out of you know fear like they're afraid to do this they're afraid to do that and they put so many rules on themselves um but you know what you're talking about is doing things out of love so how do we stay in the love and stop the judgment, which is usually self-judgment, right? Trying to keep ourselves like on the line. So how do we do that? How do we stay in the love? 
Well, you know, it's interesting in, in the Bible, it, it says in first John, it says perfect love casts out fear because fear causes torment. Mm-hmm. And every one of us have had fear. And, and we all know what, what that feels like. It's gripping. It sometimes is paralyzing. It really can cause a torment inside the fearfulness, right? Mm-hmm. But love is, love is the opposite. Love liberates us. Love, it says perfect love casts out. In other words, pushes away fear. And so that perfect love is, 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 is God is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that love is so empowering and so overtaking. And, you know, it's really interesting. Now I had, I had Kimberly, I had a personal encounter with Jesus. I did. I I saw him. I met him. Yes. But before that, I, I knew Jesus. I, I, I knew him. I loved him. I connected with him. I mean, I didn't have to see him to have a relationship. I had a, a relationship with God and I had his love in me and I knew his love. So when I met him, it wasn't uh, even, it wasn't, how can I say the love didn't per se expand further. I already had it in me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I would encourage people is to draw into God's love. And what I mean by that is, is a personal, personally with him, a relationship through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace and Mm -hmm. grace always pushes you to love. Grace will always push you to the love of God because the Holy Spirit in you is the spirit. I have the Holy Spirit in me, right? You have the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit in you and we have, so it pushes us to grace and it pushes us to the love of God. And inside of that love, there is no fear. There's no fear. It removes it. It expels it. It pushes it away. Okay. So the more you push into love, the more the fear pushes away. Also, Kimberly, I got, I have to say the other thing is, of course, the, the word of God stirs up faith. It stirs up faith. So even if, because there could be some people on your broadcast that are, aren't Christians. And so I would still tell you, open up the Bible and go into the Psalms and the Proverbs and read them because what will happen when you read God's word, because it's alive and living, it's going to start speaking to your heart Mm -hmm. and it's going to start ministering to your heart. And then you and God can make a connection. And you'll, I can just tell you that's, that's what happened to so many people. I know they didn't know God. They didn't have any connection with him. Maybe that maybe they were from another religious group. And I tell them, go look in the Psalms and the Proverbs, take the Bible, Bible to go into the Old Testament, read some of the Psalms and the Proverbs. Uh, and uh, I, I would hear back from them that how God talked to their hearts from reading those life-giving words. So, mm-hmm. you know, drawing into love is absolutely right. But the, the, but the words that are written in the Bible, they're love words, they're mm-hmm. love letters. So they, they, when you read them, you start to draw into love as well, mm-hmm. especially I love the Psalms and uh, even the Proverbs. Those are always so good. So that's, that's how I would encourage people. Maybe some in your broadcast, they're, they're, they're Christians for a long time. So, and, and they still need, we all still need to draw into love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I want to tell you something, Kimberly, keeping, keeping yourself in relationship and in peace with other people as much as you're able. You know, the Bible tells us be in peace with all men as much as you are able. 
you can't control all relationships. You know, I'm a trial lawyer, right? And so we have a litigation. We have lawyers on the other side and claims on the other side. And, you know, it, it, sometimes it's a battle and, you know, people are arguing for positions and, you know, money is involved in things. But you know what? I still, even in the midst of adversity and conflict, I keep myself in peace because I don't want to get square with anyone. I may fully disagree with them, but I'm going to choose to live in love. Even mm -hmm. if I can't, you don't say to the other council, I love you, but out mm -hmm. of my heart, I'm going to choose to live in that place. Even if I don't agree, mm -hmm. even if I have to stand in a position, even if the other side is being ugly, right? I'm still mm -hmm. going to stand because, because Kimberly, we have to keep our own peace too, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Keep your we peace. Do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you can't, you can't be in peace with all people on their side, but you can be in peace on your side and choose mm -hmm. peace. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. So um, as far as lawyering, you're in Texas. So if people actually wanted to um, engage you or, you know, engage your lawyer services, what kind of things do you actually work with or what kind of people do you work with? What kind of cases? Sure. Well, Kimberly and I, and I, I've come to a place in my practice that I have a, I I'm selective because my time and uh, because I have other things going on. So I, I'm very, I'm selective in, in my cases, but I will always counsel, bring someone in the office. And I always give, and I've always done this because my father started this. I always give a free consultation. And so, uh, and that's always been helpful because I've learned, I did pro bono work, which is where I'd go, you know, where people were needing pro bono services. And I learned that sometimes people just need to talk to a lawyer. They may not have, to, they may not need the litigation. They may not need a lawyer to actually engage them, but they, they have some legal issues. And sometimes just talking to the lawyer helps helps move them forward without having to engage the lawyer. So I've had a generally an open door policy and um, where I will give a free consultation uh, to a person, usually 30 minutes to, to an hour. And um, uh, then I discern whether it's something that I feel I'm number one qualified to take. That's always qualified. And then number two, if I feel like I can do a really good job and put the time into it that is needed. Uh, so, but I'm a civil lawyer, not criminal. I'm a civil lawyer and I don't do probate per se. That probate is when someone dies or wills and trust. Mm -hmm. Don't really do that. So my, my life has been more of a litigation or um, I'll do, sometimes I'll do divorces when I know they can be done amicably, right? Mm -hmm. and, and peaceably. And uh, I've had some, I have oil and gas cases. I have insurance cases. I have, I've had some personal injury cases recently. So I have kind of an A to Z practice, which mm -hmm. is very rare, but I keep it very narrow and um, really just decide whether it's something that I feel would be good for the client and, and a positive relationship for us. Okay. And just going on a personal note here, what gives you the most joy and happiness in your life? Wow, Kimberly. My husband gives me much joy and happiness. Yeah. But and um, I think it's like what I envision you, Kimberly. It's it's really seeing people go from here to here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
their eyes light up and they, they get the aha and they go from here to here and you've helped them go from here to here. And you saw them in, at this place where they had an issue or, or were bound up in something or, or were troubled by something and you were able to move them from here over to here. In fact, I had a client come in the other day, hadn't seen her in about two weeks and uh, she came in and you could just see, I said, you look totally different than when I saw you a few weeks ago. I said, we've had a good result, haven't we? And she said, yes. Mm-hmm. I said, I know I'm amazed at, at what, you know, what's happened in the case, but she, you know, she came in one way, but now I see her a new way. And that, that is joy. That is joy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. So if people wanted to get a hold of you, um, you know, find out where your book is, things like that. Um, do you have a website? How do they find you? Sure. So, um, so I have a, the, the book website is of course different than the law website. So, um, the law website is, it's actually B O M G B as in uh, boy, O as an Oscar, M as in Mary, G as in Gary, L A W.com B O M G law.com. And, um, the, um, the books, uh, are on a, um, a website I put together a while back. It's actually called counselor to counselor, counselor, meaning God to counselor me. And so it's C O U N S E L O R. And then a dash and then a T O and then a dash counselor.com counselor to counselor.com. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And I've been to both of those and I really like that counselor to counselor one have those gates opening. You just have to go to the website just to see it. <laughs> do, you, do you like that? I really so I love that changing it. You do. Oh, I really like that. Okay. Okay. Yes. It, it's so unique. Um, you know, so many times you just go to a website and it's just sitting there still. And that's just like, come in. It's just okay, inviting wonderful. people to come well, in. Well, it reminds me of your, your, your backdrop behind you and stuff, the, the open windows, uh, right? It looks yes. so beautiful. Thank you. Yes, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for all your wisdom and sharing. I really appreciate it. Kimberly, it's been a delight. I could just, can you tell that I, I enjoy talking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have, you know, I, I share a lot. I, you know, teach a couple of Bible studies, but um, I really, God's put a lot of wisdom in me. He has, and I have so much I want to share. So I so appreciate you uh, having me on. I'm so glad to meet you, Kimberly. Really. Thank you. Yes. So I have one last question before we finish. What's your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? Incredible, amazing life. Well, I'd actually say a little bit of what we talked about today. Number one is, is have putting a relationship with God, number one, because that's where you get the source of your peace and source of your strength, the source of your love and the source of all of his grace, and then release that source to all those around you release the source of grace, draw into grace, receive it for yourself and just be a conduit so that others can have it and spread that conduit, uh, uh, spread that far and wide. And you know what, within that, when you draw into the Lord, you get his wisdom and his counsel and his understanding. And then that can, you can be a conduit to release that to all of those around you. That would be my, that would be my advice. Draw into God, receive all that he has, and then be a conduit to release that to others. All right. 
Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank and you, we'll, Kimberly. Yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Good night.